0: Welcome to episode 83 of the Story Performance Podcast, featuring Joseph Aratari, Head Strength and Conditioning Coach at Penfield High School and New York State Director for the National High School Strength Coaches Association. As many of you know, I am very passionate about soccer, but I'm also very passionate about youth athletic development. And as part of this process, I wanted to highlight the NHSSCA, which is an organization that was recently formed in the last couple of months by high school strength and conditioning coaches in the United States to help network and share ideas but also to expand the role of the high school strength and conditioning coach throughout the United States and to ensure that all public and private schools at least have a part-time strength and conditioning coach to help oversee athletic development at a critical stage between the ages of 13 to 18 which is most high school students. And because of this, I reached out to Joseph last week because I wanted him to come here and talk about some of the trials and tribulations that he has faced creating a high school strength and conditioning culture at Penfield High School, which is located in Rochester, New York, in an area such as New York State and the greater Northeast that is not really known for high school strength and conditioning. So within this podcast, he not only talks about some of the difficulties that he has encountered, but also what his role as New York State Director entails and how he sees strength and conditioning evolving in New York State and the Northeast within the next couple of years. For anyone that's interested in finding out a little bit more about the high school strength and conditioning sector, make sure to check out the NHSSCA website or if not their Twitter handle, which is at NHSSCA. And for those of you that want to go ahead and attend and network and find out a little bit more information if you're interested in getting a high school strength and conditioning role in the Northeast. The Northeast Regional Conference is being held in Lawrenceville, New Jersey on May 5th and 6th and the best way to find out information about that conference is to head to the NHSSCA website. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to the Historic Performance Podcast. Today, I'm really happy to be joined by Joseph Aratari. Joseph, how are you doing? Doing excellent
1: tonight. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing really well. I'm uh, excited for this chat. I know we were talking a couple of days ago on the phone. Really excited to have you on the podcast to talk about what you're doing at Penfield High School and, and then maybe touch upon the NH SSCA.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited. Like I touched about earlier fortunate to get this going and uh, really want to spread the message about Penfield, put us on the map a little bit more, and hopefully increase the awareness of strength conditioning in the New York and Northeast as well.
0: So Joseph, to give some info to listeners, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and also what you currently do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Rochester, which is in western New York, in between Syracuse and Buffalo. Grew up playing a lot of sports, Kind of got introduced into weight training around seventh or eighth grade For my father. Kind of brought me to my local gym and, you know, really started from there. Um, after high school, I went up to Plattsburgh State, which is a state school in New York. Played soccer all four years. I actually majored in criminal justice and psychology. Um, got my degree in that. Kind of fell out of passion with that path around my senior year. I kind of wanted to, you know, do something I was more passionate about. I didn't want to be a police officer. And obviously, I was always into fitness and things like that, more into the bodybuilding side. I didn't even know strength and conditioning was a thing. So a week after I graduated Plattsburgh, I was kind of just sitting at home, still working at my dad's. And I was like, man, what am I going to do? So I kind of started searching through some programs at schools. um, And I noticed Brockport State, which was about 30, 40 minutes away, had a kinesiology program. And I only needed 34 extra credits to complete the major. So I didn't want to be one of those guys that got a weekend certification. I actually wanted to know my science, um, kind of have a background. So I kind of was like, you know what, if I want to make a career in this field, I got to get my education. So I enlisted or rolled into their undergrad program literally a week after I graduated from a four-year school. So for about a year. Um, I was just doing part time school, coaching soccer on the side, um, working at my dad's. And I was really into bodybuilding. Like I said, I went to a conference that winter, though, uh, at Buffalo State, held by Nate Young, the coach there. And it was just a strength and conditioning conference. And I kind of feel silly now. But I, like I said, I didn't even know the field existed. And as soon as I left that conference, I was like, wow, I really want to do strength and conditioning. I want to work with athletes. I want to help kids. I, you know, initially wanted you know, work with college guys, want to get into the pros eventually. And uh, that was kind of my goal from there, just work with athletes as much as I could. Um, currently, right now, um, I'm the head strength and conditioning coach at Penfield High School, which is a public school in Rochester. And I'm also a strength and conditioning coach at Next Level Rochester, um, along with the manager and uh, director of operations and public
0: relations. Joseph, I know that you mentioned Penfield is a public school uh, what is the size of Penfield and can you just give us a bit of an overview of the different varsity sports at Penfield High School?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe the census a little bit ago was just under 2,000, uh, maybe give or take 200 kids. We're in section V, so class double A, so we're a pretty decently large school. We have about 700 athletes. You know, I get a good mix of kids, so, you know, I have kids just like any high school that you know, maybe aren't the best movers at athletic and aren't taking it as seriously. And then we have kids that, you know, are going division three, division one. We have, you know, some kids that might even make it to the Olympics. I kid you not. So got a a good mix of a little bit of everything.
0: I know we're going to be getting into this uh, a little bit later because high school strength and conditioning, there's a real push or movement to professionalize it throughout the United States, at least having a person, who has a strength and conditioning background, either part-time or full-time, a question that a lot of people were interested in breaking into the sector, ask people that I know that are in high school strength and conditioning is, you know, how did you find out about this specific role? So how did you find out about the role at Penfield High School?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. And It's kind of funny. So the way I got my role at Penfield is how I got my role at Next Level. You know, I started posting a little bit of stuff on Instagram. You know, social media can be a great tool if you use well. I actually linked up with my boss, Nate Van Cowlingberg on Instagram. We kind of shot some emails and, you know, I came in just for, I wouldn't even say an interview, just to really talk. He kind of needed some part-time coaches at the time. Uh, Met with him, you know, and this time I had no experience. I didn't really know anything about training people. I've only worked out myself. Um, kind of talked with him. And then he was like, you don't want to shadow for about you know a month or so. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to learn. Love to kind of go through a little bit of an internship program. A week into that, he kind of just hired me because they needed coaches real bad. And then from that, the way our gyms kind of operate, we kind of partner with Penfield High School. So Penfield also needed a strength and conditioning coach at the time there's just left so I got the position at next level and then uh, I had me interview at Penfield within the same week you know I kind of got both jobs at the same time it was funny though about two months prior to that I saw that Penfield needed a strength and conditioning coach in the paper and I was kind of like oh, I have no experience I don't have any certifications like they're not gonna hire me I'm, I'm not even gonna apply so I would say to anyone out there listening like just take a chance if you do see something pop up um, the worst that can happen is that you get get a no, but you also get very good, uh, you know, interview experience. You kind of can see how things are ran. You talk to the prior strength coach through the interview process. So, you know, if you see something, definitely take a chance. Other than that, if you don't see something, I think a really, if you have any connections with high schools, like just volunteer your time. I know working for free might not be the most glamorous thing, but you kind of have to pay your dues. And you know, if you know, you know, a soccer coach at a high school, or you know, just one coach try to just volunteer your time. And like I said, if they say no, that's not the end of the world, but if you volunteer your time, maybe two days a week, kind of prove your worth to them. And then, you know, maybe after a year or so, they're like, you know what, we need to get a strength coach. We need this guy on staff. You never know. I would just say, take a chance
0: with that. Joseph, what was the interview process like at Penfield?
1: Uh, So Pete Shambo is my athletic director. Awesome guy. Cannot be more blessed to have him. Um, he's a great mentor, and he helps me pretty much every day. In terms of the process, I sat down with him, just kind of, you know, his whole interview process was more asking about me as a person. He told me straight up, he doesn't know really anything about strength conditioning, um, and nor should he. Um, he's kind of more looking for just putting good people in his school. So I sat down with him for about an hour or so just to talk um about my philosophy as a person, really. And then he kind of showed me around the school, the facilities and everything. And then I had uh, another interview with the old strength and conditioning coach who really kind of hammered me, you know, based on scenarios. Like, what if you have this team and this team? How would you write your programs? What's your training philosophy? And, you know, I think about five or six people interviewed at the time. So I would say it's kind of fairly competitive. And like I said, I'm thankful that I got hired. And again, I had no experience at all. So kind of took a chance on me and I'm really glad that he did because it's been awesome there ever since. And that was two years ago of April.
0: I know in our discussion on the phone, you're talking about prior to you coming and taking over this world, there was a lot of constant turnover, at least from the strength and conditioning side. And that initially led to, to some challenges because teams and coaches and student athletes were used to this turnover and there was no real clear strategy or progression. So could you tell us a little bit about how that process has evolved over the last two years?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I knew coming in, it wouldn't be easy. I came in in April of 2015, so that's the spring season, about halfway to two thirds through the season. So getting in touch with in-season coaches was difficult because they're already kind of going they don't they don't want another thing on their plate fall coaches were kind of just off to the side because they were just worried about summer so they were kind of taking a little bit time left and then winter just ended up so the last thing that winter coaches really wanted was you know their kids doing something they kind of wanted to get away so initially it it was pretty tough just to get some communications also you know I didn't meet any kids at first um it really just kind of that awkward clash of you know going up to kids, introducing kids. Um, but like you said, there was no culture established. There's no system. Um, I think from coaches' perspective, they always viewed the strength coach was some guy that was there to kind of help and babysit but that guy would be or guy or girl would be gone within a couple months. So from the coach's standpoint, they really just viewed it as a glorified babysitter after school position. And I've had to kind of just learn that, you know, you got to be patient with those type of things and I kind of established the coaches like I plan on being in Rochester for a pretty long time. My family's here. I love the area. Um and I want to build something. It's it's really important to me and something I, you know, enjoy doing. It's my passion. Um, so I'm patient with that process. I'm not trying to rush anything, but there's little things that we can touch on during this interview, just on building that culture, building a system, you know, really showing the coaches that you're there to help their athletes. Um, not that you're a burden. You don't want to be that annoying person. That's like constantly on their case. You're there to help their athletes. Um, and you know, depending on your sector and whether you're private or public and how, uh, you know, how seriously your school takes strength and conditioning, you might get some feedback, good feedback, and you might get some pushback. Again, I've said this three times already, but just being patient with it and taking your time. And that's really kind of been helping me with
0: stuff. So you've talked about your response, the need to build a culture and a, and also being patient. During the past two years, what steps have you taken in order to help improve dialogue with the sport coaches so that they have an understanding of what you do as a strength and conditioning coach, what you can bring to the table, and at the same time, educate the student athletes about the importance of strength and conditioning and make it fun for them as well since they're high school students. And ultimately, many of them won't go on to play at the next level, but at least you're trying to instill good morals and values in them and being good young adults, but at the same time, giving them the tools to continue to live a healthy lifestyle?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I think a lot of times it starts with number one, and really it can be consumer education. So about a month or two in, I really took advantage of the Twitter account and really took advantage of our Instagram account, which has been doing great. Um, that's a platform for me to use to show why quality training matters and why this matters, not only from an injury, pers- injury preventions perspective, improving performance, but also a lifestyle component, Um, just being healthy, really, and being a leader, you know, things that will carry on later in life. So those two, you know, outlets have been huge platforms. Also, that helps build culture, you know, when a kid's hitting a PR, and I can post that and guys are liking it. And you know, guys and girls are commenting on it, like, that's a culture component that I don't even think about. But looking back, I'm like, Oh, wow, like, I'm giving kids something to look forward to. Like parents are now following me on, you know, our Instagram account and liking stuff. Like now the parents are involved and now the parents are getting behind it. So that's been helping a lot. I think leading by example too, and just showing your worth. So, you know, the first month or two or three, I was there. I didn't really set up anything with teams and I didn't talk in front of teams. On um, that following fall, I wanted to get in front of teams and coaches as much as I could. So, you know, I would set up meetings with teams and I would talk and just, not present too long, but, you know, try to just talk for about 10, 15 minutes on why this is important, you know, why this is going to help you reach your goals. Um, You don't want to be a sectional champion. You want to be a state champion. That's great. But, you know, talk is talk. You know, you got to put in the work and showing kids that this is just one part of the puzzle. You know, I always view it as skills, tactics. I don't have anything to do with those, but I can really help the mental part and obviously the strength and conditioning, the athletic development part um so really getting in front of as many coaches and many teams and then really just trying to build a fun atmosphere inside the weight room first spring i was there i was kind of discouraged and always talking to my ad on why you know we needed more kids and you know i would always try to talk to him on like hey how are some ways we could get more kids in the weight room and now it's like the complete opposite where i'm like all right we got a lot of kids in the weight room our weight room's not that big like we need a better system to limit kids per hour so kind of funny to look back um just in a short amount of time. But uh, you know, those things have definitely been helping. And I also think just me being there for two years is helping. Not that I'm doing anything special, but the fact that kids that were freshmen are now juniors had the same strength coach. Um, that's a big deal because before that they had about five strength coaches in two years. You don't build a system, you don't build any relationship with that. So, you know, me being there for two years is just helping the kids have a consistent message. Um, I pretty much preach the same thing week after week after week, but I always get a new rotation of athletes coming in the weight room. So I try to be as consistent with I can as I can with the message that I'm preaching um, and based on my philosophies and obviously philosophies of other people that I uh, follow in the field.
0: That's actually a great segue into the next question that I was going to ask you, which is related to your training philosophy. So when it comes to training high school students, which I'm guessing age range is between 13 to 18, an overview of what your training philosophy is and kind of the way that you go about progressing that high school athlete from coming in as a freshman, perhaps with limited strength and conditioning experience to then training that senior and what that looks like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a very Boyle approach guy with this. Um, you know, Boyle is a great, great, you know, obviously teacher coach, um, person in the field so in terms of my training philosophy strength and conditioning just strictly strength and conditioning I'm always number one do no harm right I want my athletes if they come in the weight room they leave that weight room and they're not hurt you know I view that as a success so really to me do no harm that's weight room setup making sure things are clean making sure things are properly put away Um, dumbbells are not on the floor we recently just got a new dumbbell rack Um, before there's just dumbbells, nineties, eighties, seventies, just on the floor. And to me, I'm like, all right, it just takes one kid to trip over this, crack his head open. Like, all right, we need to make sure everything's in a set place. Um, so do no harm. Number two, decrease the likelihood of injuries. And I think that's just part of your programming. So, you know, there's million different philosophies. Some work, some don't. It just depends on the time and how you use them really. But you gotta be smart with things. So, you know, your form you know, if you notice kids, or knees are buckling in on squats, like you got to do something to fix that, whether it's lower the weight or just teach them the correct pattern. So really decreasing injury. But after that, my third goal, obviously improve performance. So, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, you know, dependent on their sport. Obviously there's some sports where, you know, enough strength's enough and you want to just improve the movement qualities. From a coaching perspective, Again, I think consumer education is number one. i got to tell my athletes every day why we're doing something. Um, I try my best to always explain the why. Um, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, has been pretty popular in the last year, but I think for good reason. Um, if you don't explain the why, the kids kind of just go through the motions you know, aimlessly, and sometimes you got to explain it to coaches too because they might not understand why you're doing something. So you know, I always try to under- you know, explain, like, we're doing this, because of this and it's going to help this type of thing and then I try to you know always instill some type of fun component each day I'll try to combine some workouts where they have to use a partner to do the lift whether it's like a med ball perturbation or you know an assisted thing with a partner um and I think that's a little piece where you can build culture and it's not over the top so i think sometimes when i'm thinking about culture and we always think about culture it's these big things we want to change But sometimes it's just a little thing like, hey, do this exercise with your buddy. It is a little bit of a competitive thing, too. And, you know, the kids have fun. Like, I want my kids to leave the weight room with a smile. Like, that might sound corny, but they got to have fun because after they're done with high school, I want them to train in college. And they have to do it on their own and obviously in the rest of their life. And then, uh, really the last one is thrive. Like I, I'm pretty sure Gary Schofield said it. I want my kids to thrive in everything they do. So, you know, I had uh, one girl yesterday, Nina Miguel, she was athlete of the month for March. And one of her goals was just to be successful. So I asked her today, I'm like, what does that even mean to you? Um, and she gave me a pretty cool answer. I'm like, that's awesome. Like if I can play any role in helping you do that or any of her coaches here, she plays soccer. Um, and we can help you reach that goal and thrive. And, Help you become successful in your eyes, like, hey, we're doing our job as coaches.
0: Joseph, uh, what, what does a typical day look like for you at uh Penfield? I know that you mentioned that initially you're trying to get more people in the weight room and now you have more people in the weight room than your weight room can actually hold, and you're trying to figure out how to structure that. So what does the structure look like and what does your day look like?
1: Yep. So depending on the day, um, Two to three days a week, I'll go in the mornings, and now that lacrosse and baseball has started, our morning attendance has just gone down because we have a ton of football guys and lacrosse guys that play multiple sports, but uh, we have another coach, our football coach actually helps out in the mornings as well, so sometimes that can save me from going there, um, just because I'm not a full-time employee at the school. So, you know, I have to go from there straight to next level. So it, it does save me a little bit. My role really is a 230 to 5, 530 job, five days a week. Again, my uh, initially finding that system was pretty tough. Logistics always kind of rule things. Um, but again, always just being patient with things. Um, right now, how I view things is I really give priority to in-season teams. So, for example, the last two days I had lacrosse and baseball come in for in-season training. It's never ideal, but you kind of got to make what works. Um, so we had about 45 minutes to get through a lift. So I took them through a full warm-up. I explained the you know, my expectations, their expectations, why, and I always explain why we're doing this in-season training. Um, again, obviously stay healthy you know, continue to build strength. We want to peak at the postseason. So I kind of take those guys in priority and I take them through the workout. The next season up, I kind of, that's my next season, you know, that I focus on. So right now it's all fall sports. They typically come in three to four days a week. In the past, I kind of took teams through workouts, but now the kids have been consistent, which has been a lifesaver. So they kind of just grab their sheets. They go through their warm up. I have handouts on the board, which just have me going through a bunch of mobility and dynamic drills, um And they do them in the hallway. And then today we kind of have a performance prep based on the lift of the day, which consists of either a plyo, agility, speed, and usually a corrective drill. So I think today, for example, some of the soccer guys were getting in some squats. So I put in, you know, a jump, a toe touch to deep squat, and then a mini band walk. So it's kind of hip uh, corrective plyo. Um, and a little bit of mobility. And also, I got to be realistic, not every single kid goes through the warm-up, so at least this performance prep can kind of act as a little bit of something. Um, again, it's never going to be perfect, but I think better, you know, something's better than nothing, to be said. Then really I put my last, you know, focus on the season that's you know, comes last. So in this case, it'd be our winter sports. Um, and I never discourage the kids to come in. I obviously want them to. But I don't do team lifting with them. So, you know, sports like basketball right now, I tell the kids, hey, try to get in two, three days. If you want to get in four days, that's fine. Um, it's going to be a little less structured and, you know, I'll have a program written out for you. And it's generally the more of a general phase, preparation phase, kind of coming off of season two. So I want to just get them reintroduced into a little bit more of a higher volume program than what they did in season. Also, I think it's okay and good for kids to get away from coaches and some of their teammates sometimes and just kind of lift on their own if that's something that they prefer.
0: Joseph, that's actually a a good segue into the next question as well because I was going to ask you about programming. And I know this is a question that I've heard from a lot of high school strength and mission coaches, because as you mentioned, not every student athlete is going to come into the weight room. Some of them may come sporadically. Some of them may not come at all. So how do you deal with those challenges when it comes from a programming standpoint?
1: Yeah, no, it's, that's definitely been one of the tougher issues because we learn so much. Every one of us spends, you know, you know, we should be spending each day trying to learn a little bit something. And sometimes it's, you know, we have all of this information, but we can't apply it because if a kid doesn't come in the weight room, you can't really put that kid on a, you know, macro micro cycle. So again, back to my philosophy, I'm a keep it simple type of guy. My first year, I really over complicated things. And I tried having each team on their set program because initially I thought each team would come in for their workouts. And just the way my school set up, that's just not the logistic. And we also have a ton of athletes that play multiple sports. So we'll have you know kids that want to you know they was they're playing soccer but they also have friends on lacrosse and they want to train with the lacrosse guys um and we obviously don't want you know coaches and teams fighting together so this year I sat down with a couple coaches and we came up with a much better system we have a general off-season program which is four days a week we have a preseason program which is about eight weeks to uh you know that athlete season, so they'll train with the general off season. Then eight weeks before, you know, for example, their spring season, they'll get on a preseason program. The really the only difference is that we lower the volume, we raise the intensity, and we add in a little bit more conditioning, a oh, decent amount more conditioning, um, more speed, more agility, and we kind of you know add a little bit more of that power strength component rather than just a little bit you know a volume that we would have in a off season program. Um, And then I have a basic in season program. Um, With that said, of course, I'll modify based on the sport for in season and the athlete and experience. So, you know, recently I just had a couple field hockey girls that just came in for the first time since field hockey season in the fall. If they were to come straight since the fall, this would be about, you know, month four. I'm not going to just crush them with what we have for our general off season program. So, You know, if I had, like, speed front squats and they don't even know how to front squat, I'm obviously going to modify that for them. Um, I'll just, you know, tell them on their card, take them through the workout, and just be like, all right, instead of this, let's just get back to a goblet squat. Like, you haven't been here in four or five months. We got to start slow. We got to reteach you the basics Um, because, again, it always goes back to point number one of doing no harm um, and obviously decreasing injury. But, again, I feel like that's part of the art of coaching. Um, You got to know your athletes, know your weight room know their strengths, their weaknesses, their limitations, injuries, past experiences. You know, if I see a kid that I've never seen in the weight room, I'm going up to that kid. and I'm introducing myself. I'm going to kind of ask what they're doing. And, you know, I'm going to just know that, you know, let them know why this stuff matters, but also why I might regress them to something that's more appropriate for where they currently are. Um, if a kid looks good, you know, I, I have no problem. I'm not going to hold a kid back. Um. We are strength coaches. I don't, want, but I just got to make sure their form looks good because, you know, movement's key. If they can't move, they can't help me and they can't help their teams and their coaches. So I really do take a general approach. The way I view it with the body, it's squat, hinge, push, pull, stabilize. We train athletic. We're not bodybuilders. We're not power lifters or Olympic lifters. We'll obviously use a couple of those principles, but for these kids, some of them are lifting for the first time. So if they're getting a little bit of everything, they're having fun. And they're showing up, they're gonna get better, they're gonna get stronger, they're gonna become healthier. Um, so I don't really have like a set system, and I know that might not be the answer some people were looking for in terms of how I do programming, because I don't work off micros, I don't work off macros. There are sometimes I'll get in some, you know, percentages and I'll work off that, but that's really for you know the more varsity teams who have been with me for, you know, months on end, and I can trust that athlete to put in their percentages. Um, or I'll have a couple kids that their team doesn't come in, but they come in. They're a little bit of my guinea pigs. I kind of use them to get a little bit off the general off-season program, Um, and they'll kind of do their own thing. And then I have some general fitness kids that I just work with, and I don't want to say workout of the day type thing. I have their workouts on cards, but again, it's not so much performance based. It's more just you know, I guess I would use the word functional fitness for them because um, they're just they're not athletes. They just kind of want to get a workout in and you know they might only come in once a week
0: before switching gears and talking about your role as state director for New York with the National High School Strength Coaches Association I have a bit of a tough question for you so first year you mentioned that you had to make some tweaks for year 2 in terms of the structure what are some of the trials and tribulations that you went through this year and modifications that you're going to make for for next year?
1: Man, that is a tough question. Yeah, so this year was the first year that I met with some of the coaches and we went into the general program. At the end of the summer, kind of mid-summer, I'm, I'm going to have my base off-season program, or I'd like to, that it's at least three months out. So currently right now I kind of meet with a couple coaches and I, I they want to know what's on board. I want to know what's on board because you know, they've been coaching longer than I have. and I want, they know their athletes more than I do. So I really do want to take their, you know, opinions into the programs and obviously, you know, they've, they're successful as well. Um, but I do want to have multiple months mapped out a little bit better. That's something that I've probably done a little bit poor this year. Um, and again, it's always a work in progress. And part of the reason for that is I'll have kids come in and then they don't come for three months or I'll have kids stay for the whole 12 year or 12 months. So, it's really dependent on that kid. I'll always have an off-season program, but I'd like to get something a little bit more structured in terms of, um, you know, developmentally speaking. Um, in terms of things to just keep improving on, it's again just building that culture, and you know, there's no set answer. This year was, you know, started this year was like the first year I got like a bin and just started labeling it like girls soccer, boys' soccer, lacrosse, football. And kids are just putting their workouts in there. Um, that's something so small, yet it carries so much weight. Um, the fact that these kids like now have an organization system where they can put their cards. Like I know that doesn't seem like much, um, but it really has been going a long way. Um, you know, I put up a strength uh, PR board this year. Um, the football team and lacrosse team have had one for years, but you know, every other athlete in the school hasn't really had one. So, you know, I wanted to give them something to look forward to. So, you know, we have a couple whiteboards in the gym. So I blocked off one and created a board. And again, that goes into the culture component. Kids are getting pumped up. Um, you know, girls are finally kind of understanding that, you know, strength's important and you're not going to get bulky. You're not going to turn into a man. You're going to get better at your sport and you're obviously going to become stronger. Um, which is obviously the girl's they need that self-esteem, and I actually wrote an article on that. And it's something that I'm trying to really improve in my school is the culture for girls' training because I want to keep improving that and keep it on the good path that it's been going on.
0: Joseph, I'm going to switch gears now and talk about the SCA. So, for anybody that wants to learn a little bit more about the organization, there is a great podcast with Gary Schoenfeld on the High School Strength Coach Podcast, which is a great resource for anybody who is interested in high school strength and conditioning. It was episode 55. But Joseph, you're the state director for New York for this organization. So how did you find out about the organization? And what is your role as a state director uh, for New York?
1: Yeah. So again, social media is a great tool if you as well. Um, I found out of the organization, um, on social media, I think there was like an Instagram or Facebook post. I actually reached out to coach John Garrish, who's with, uh, I believe it's Broward prep down in Florida. Um, about a year ago, we actually talked on the phone just to kind of catch up and really just introduce ourselves and just talk, you know, and he didn't touch base on the organization. And then, you know, this was about a year and a year and a half ago. And then about, you know, a couple months ago, I saw that he was, uh, When the regional directors, so I reached out again to him and I texted him, I was like, hey, if there's anything I can do to help, like, please let me know. Like, this is something I'm really pumped for, really passionate about. Um, And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I kind of just followed the page. Like, there's tons of great content on the Facebook page. Anyone's a high school strength conditioning coach, you have to be a part of that Facebook page. I learn so much every day on it. It's a great, great community. But how I got my role for the state director, I kind of, was listening to a podcast i think it was the high school strength coach podcast and john mckenna who's a strength coach up in new jersey is the regional director for region eight and he was kind of just talking about new york and the northeast that we needed strength coaches and we needed uh director positions um and anyone that's from the northeast can attest to kind of how poor it is up here in terms of strength conditioning and obviously we'll talk about that in a little bit so i kind of just went on a whim and again I mentioned this earlier. Sometimes you gotta take a chance and just take a little bit of a risk. I kind of e- shot me an email. I was like, "Hey, I would, coach, I would love to help out in any way I can." I'm from New York. Work at a public high school, and he kind of just shot me an email back, like, "Hey, if you're interested, we definitely need help. Um, I'll send you a little bit of information. You can get back to me to see if it's something you would, you know, like doing, and we can kind of go through a little bit of a process um, to get you appointed and everything like that, um, and." Once he shot me the email back, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't even have to read the rules. Like, I I absolutely want this. Um, But obviously, in terms of the rules, it's fairly new to me, and it's still a learning process with it being a new organization. My main role is really to build up New York. So I have to find more New York high school strength conditioning coaches, um, continue to build the organization, set up state conferences, network. um, But really just, again, consumer education. Pump the good message out to people like why do we need high school strength conditioning coaches? Um, you know, we as strength coaches know sometimes our work can be put on the back burner. People don't view it as important. We're not saying it's the most important thing, but it is a very important thing. So it's definitely part of my why in life. And, you know, my mission is really to use strength conditioning as a tool to help people um, both physically and mentally. So I know this position is another platform I can use to really push the field, really you know, help me live out my goals and my passion. Um, and a little bit of it is leaving a little bit of a legacy be fine. You know, I'm a very young coach. I'm new in the field. But I understand how important it is to take what people have done before me, um, great coaches, both known and unknown, have done before me, and use what they've done to further assist the field. You know, legacy, that, you know, that book by the All Blacks, the rugby team, you know, there's a point in the book where they talk about You know, leaving your jersey in a better place or planting trees you'll never see. I know it sounds corny, but that's kind of a little bit of my passion, a little bit of my mission is to really, you know, develop everything I touch and I want to leave it better than, you know, what I got it when I came. So if that's something I can do at Penfield and for the state of New York and obviously the field, like. I know whatever I do in life, I'll be successful in my eyes because that's how I view success.
0: What are some of the goals that you have as state director uh, for 2017? I know you mentioned networking, trying to get the message out. Um, but how are you trying to figure out, I know you said there's a very limited pool of high school strength and conditioning coaches in New York State. How have you been trying to find those uh, high school strength and conditioning coaches so that you can network with them?
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough in New York. And <laughs> I think the Northeast in general, like anyone that's a strength coach in the Northeast would agree. And it's not to kind of pity us and, you know, boohoo New York, boohoo the Northeast. But, you know, if you go to Texas, you go out West, it's it's a little bit different. And just even on the Facebook page, viewing these guys' weight rooms, it, they're unreal, even for public high school weight rooms. I, I, so I think it's fairly new in New York, in the Northeast. So I, I do have to be patient again, and I have to view it as a process. You know, it's not something that's going to change overnight it's going to take time and take a lot of, you know, effort. Um, My goal currently is just to try to find as many strength coaches in New York as I can. You know, my boss, Nate Van Kallenberg is a strength coach at Victor, which is one of the schools in our area. We have another coach on staff who's a strength coach at Brockport. And I actually have a decent amount of friends at strength coaches in other high schools in, the, in our Rochester area. So, it's starting to grow in Rochester, which is an awesome, awesome thing. Friends with those coaches, they have their Twitter pages and just seeing the content they post, it's it's good stuff. The tricky part is finding strength coaches in other areas. Definitely going to set up a meeting with my AD to try to pump out an eat mass email to other schools' ADs and just ask if they have strength coaches. The tough part is doing that with other you know, counties and other sections um, just because I don't have a personal connection. So it's definitely something that's going to, make me get out of my comfort zone and, you know, make me do things that I've never done. But in the end, again, it's, it's about spreading that message and really trying to help this organization grow. So a little bit of cold calling and people might, you know, take some ADs off, but at the end of the day, it's for a good cause. And, you know, it's for, you know, the athletes development. That's, that's the number one goal is, you know, this isn't for us to brand ourselves. This is really to help as many kids as we can.
0: Which leads us, I guess, to the big question, and this is a question that I actually heard in that high school strength coach podcast that the host actually asked John McKenna, and it's, how do you think that high school strength conditioning can grow in the Northeast region? But at least for you, I'm actually going to narrow that down even a bit more, and how can high school strength and conditioning grow in New York State, just that, not just in Rochester or some other major centers, but throughout the state as a whole? yeah no,
1: it's a great question. and I know I've said this a bunch of times, but I think consumer education is number one, and then obviously leading and showing people what. So with consumer education, um my boss Nate and I and one of the he's a physical education teacher as well, um we're going to present at the New york New York State Physical Education Conference, which is in Turning Stone, and that's going to be held um, November. Of 2017, I believe it's November 15th through the 18th. So, obviously, if anyone's in New York and wants to check us out, definitely feel free to look into that. Um, but our whole premise is on quality strength conditioning in the physical education program. With that said, we are going to do a segment on you know athletic development for strength conditioning. So, one thing that you know we've been doing as a business too, we've been trying to create a high school strength coach position in which schools. And hire our services and we'll send a coach into their high school to place a straight coach and again i think that really starts with having a positive relationship with ad's um and kind of just showing people by example how it's paid off so nate's done an amazing job at victor and in our area victor is a pretty decent school in terms of athletics they're you know, they do well in a lot of sports. And I know a lot of other schools in the area who have strength coaches have done an awesome job. And, you know, that's a credit to those school strength coaches as well. I would like to use Penfield as an example, like building up the culture and, you know, it's evidence on, you know, the social media pages, how much these kids are buying into it now and coaches are buying into it. Um, So we try to prove that. Um, I also think it just takes some schools and ADs to take some risk and, you know, put their trust in some quality people. Um, Once one school, I think gets a strength and conditioning coach, I think another will. And then sooner or later, it's just going to become a trend and, you know, a good trend at that. Um, You know, you don't want to be the school that's falling behind where nine schools have strength coaches and you're the one that doesn't. Uh, But again, I think coaches really have to sell themselves um, on the why. So yeah, we're decreasing injuries, we're improving performance, but we're building better leaders, we're building better kids, you know, get support behind that, like, you know, get parents behind that. Um, parents want what's best for their kids. I, I know that sounds, you know, common sense, but they really do. So if you can build that, and you can show that, you know, they're going to get behind boosters um, approving a position. And I always view it like this, like, yeah, you have to pay someone to be there. But you're not paying them a living, at least in the public sector. Um, I'm not making a living at Penfield. Obviously, I work at Next Level to make my living. But think of how many, how much money families could save by not sending their kids to private facilities, by not going to physical therapy because they had some awful program at the gym and no one at the high school gym and no one's watching them. Um, you know, if parents, boosters, ads understood that. Like, yeah, I think schools would be more willing to approve a position for that. But again, patience, just got to press, you know, pump out the good word. Um, social media is huge. Obviously, um, you know, it, it's awesome that coaches now are putting out more articles, putting out more YouTube content, more Instagram content, and not just more, but quality content at that as well. So, you know, that Facebook page has some really, really great coaches that are putting out great content. Um and, you know, I take some of those things and I'll show it to my AD. And, you know, my ADs bought into it, you know, a ton. But, you know, some other schools, ADs might not. Also with that, I think you got to sometimes just bring it up to schools. Um, I think sometimes some schools, ADs and coaches, and they just don't know about it because it's something that they've never had. Um, you know, it's funny. Think about history. People have existed for thousands of years without a cell phone because they didn't know what a cell phone was, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, once they kind of got a glimpse of the cell phone, they're like, "Oh yeah, we we want this, and we want more of it, and we want better of it." So I think sometimes you can take a risk and just bring it up to ADs if you're a high school or excuse me, if you're a strength coach in the area and you want to get started with a high school, like sometimes if they don't have a position, you can almost be that guy or girl to create it and you know, just ask like, "Hey, do you have a position?" Like, would it be okay if I can volunteer some of my time to help with your kids? Um, and again, if you do a great job, you never know. They might just be like, hey, let's get this guy on staff. Let's, you know, make a position because, you know, we see his or her value, their worth, and we want to make this uh, something that can last a long time.
0: Joseph, if anybody who's listening to this podcast wants to follow your work or wants to follow the things that you're doing at Penfield High School or wants to follow the new york chapter of the nhssca what is the best way they can do so
1: yeah absolutely so i have a couple of social media accounts because i have a decent amount of following in terms of i have three accounts and then we have the twitter and instagram you want me just to give out the twitter or twitter and instagram works
0: yeah twitter and instagram works and i also put it in the show notes that way it will be easily accessible as well
1: awesome awesome so You know what? I'll make it easier just for people to follow my personal account because in my bio I have my other accounts. Um, Then they can follow me from there. So my personal is just my name, Joe Aratari, so J-O-E, and then A-R-A-T-A-R-I, at Joe Aratari, and that's uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, And then my Penfield Instagram is Penfield Strength, so just Penfield Strength on Instagram. Um, But yeah, like I said, the bio of my personal Twitter account. I have the link for my uh, Penfield account and also the New York chapter account as well. So um, anyone that follows me, I try to follow back because again, social media is a great tool and I can learn from others and hopefully I can coach others up as well.
0: Joseph, I appreciate you taking the time on a Tuesday evening and come on the podcast and share a little bit about what you're doing at Penfield High School and also about your role in New York as part of the NHS SCA. So uh, thanks a lot.
1: Yeah, James, uh, definitely appreciate this. Um, I really hope this is a tool and people can learn from it. And, you know, again, I hope this can continue to build uh, the high school strength conditioning, especially in the Northeast and New York. And uh, anything I can do to help uh, put Penfield on the map, you know, I'm willing to do because, you know, that's my baby and I really want to continue to grow what's going on there. So I really appreciate this.
0: Thanks again for listening to another episode of the historic performance podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to head over to iTunes to either leave a review or rating. The rating only takes about five seconds and the review a couple more. I would greatly appreciate it. And it helps other people discover the show that are in the strength and conditioning community or sports science community. I'll see you guys next week.